I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition. And today I am here with two guests, right? And this is a very special episode. So uh, heads up, you guys listening. This was recorded on the day that we finally hit a thousand uh, downloads. And in commemoration of that, we have my mom with us. Uh, and we have another guest, Miss Laura Hamilton, which she is an expert in cannabis and uh feminine experience, I would say. So we have libido, uh, menopause, and the different things that women go through and how cannabis may help and aid with that. So thank you for being with us today, Laura. How are you doing? I am excellent. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to your mom too. So I, I am I am loving this. This is so amazing because so much of uh, what cannabis can do is can help women uh, of a certain age as well as it can help with a whole bunch of ailments that affect the family in general. All right. So let me do a quick, how are you doing today, mom? I'm doing good. I'm fine. All right. So a little bit of background on my mom. Uh, my mom is one half of the infamous duo from Barbados. They didn't come together, but they met here. Um, Congratulations, Barbados becoming a republic. Yay. Yep. Oh my, Yay! thank you. Yay! Informed people. Right. So if you're listening, Barbados is officially a republic. We have our own president, which is a big deal. Um, Prime minister. Oh, we're president now. Prime minister and president. Prime minister and president. Okay, cool. Right. Um, So both of my parents are from Barbados. My mom has busted her butt in this country. And this is the lady that I get all of my work ethic from. So we're going to be a little bit more respectful, but you're cool if I curse a little bit, right, mom? I can't stop you. I would love you too, but I can't stop you. So do your thing. Okay. So you guys heard that consent. <laughs> yes, let's I get, did. All right. So let's get this shit started. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Naughty. Um, I got to say, my sister's going to Barbados um, for the near. Nice. So she's, fly, she's flying out on the 27th. She loves it there. Uh, so, and, and she's really pleased, um, you know, uh, throwing the shackles off of the Commonwealth. Uh, so yeah, um, congratulations. Uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so jealous. I can hardly wait to be on sand. Awesome. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I, I can't wait to go back. I'm really interested to um, find out how it changes the culture of the people, how mm-hmm. it changes the minds of the people. That mm-hmm. there's always political conversation going around with uh Bajans. It's always uh, you know, BLP in the DL is BLP and DLP, correct? Yeah. And yeah. And we're always concerned with who's gonna let us go to college for free. It's just like here in America. So, and mm-hmm. I would assume like they're in Canada as well, right? Oh yes, of course. Um, plus we have the added complication of. Why are we in this commonwealth? <laughs> you know, why are we? Um, so yeah, there's lots of political discussions around that. Um, and uh, the House of Windsor is not helping itself. Okay, <laughs> let's get to a, a question on, because we brought up three countries, right? So we know we have connections sure. to three countries uh, yeah. on the podcast right now. And mm-hmm. all three countries seem to have varying policies on cannabis. Absolutely. Yes. So let's kick off 
uh, Laura, teach us a little bit. What what is Canada like when it comes to cannabis, cannabis culture? Um, do you still see a lot of the separation, a lot of the um, judgment towards cannabis and cannabis culture, or is a lot of that alleviating? Um, that's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I would say that we've had four years of federal legalization mm. and the, um, the overarching legislation is federal, but uh, how cannabis is distributed, uh, where it can be bought and sold and who gets to sell it is within provincial control. Mm. So uh, in Ontario, uh, I got to say, it, the rollout was, it was embarrassing to think that in a modern society, this is how you've decided to roll it out. Uh, and, and, and now, uh, for example, we have, um, first, there was only four or five licenses in the entire province. Mm. And there are... I think that the total population of Ontario is around 9 million or 10 million people. And the Toronto GTA itself is uh, three and a half million people. And there were two licensed stores. <laughs> so, okay. They did something very similar to what they did here in California. Yeah, it was. It, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you think, you know, you can be an example or a warning. And we decided to ignore both of those things and go, oh, I think we'll do exactly the same. <laughs> no, what, though? I think it's partly because on the political side, you're going to share the numbers that how everything is doing great, the tax benefits and how all of this has made money for the schools. But they don't talk about the dissatisfaction of the uh, the customers, the market. Right. Oh, God. So it's much like what you said, um, yes. there's a ton of cities where uh, you cannot have a dispensary. And mm -hmm. what they're figuring out in California, I actually went to a uh, cannabis business conference and they were talking about how uh, in terms of dispensaries, there's about a shortage of about 5000 dispensaries within a very small area. So we're not even talking about Los Angeles County, we're talking more towards the uh, Inland Empire, um, Orange County type areas where there's these lack, this uh, lack of uh, dispensaries to service the market. But that is all because they live in very conservative uh, cities and areas. So there's a lot of that going on. Whereas I think in Barbados, um, what they've just started allowing growing, but mm -hmm. still no recreational. Uh, is there medicinal going on? Not that I know of. Yep. So Barbados is saying no, right? Um, and and that that, that kind of jives with what I know about Barbados. Very conservative. Um, I, even as a um, a African descended and ran country. Um, very conservative. Uh, and and that, that's pretty much par for the course. But so if you're listening, take a trip to Ontario, California, or Ontario, <laughs> Canada, you, you might have an easier time. But let's get yeah. into it. Um, more on your expertise. Um, you work with women and cannabis education in two directions, mm -hmm. right? Let's yes, start... 
let's start with the the rougher of the two to talk about and you know probably the more complicated and where i am far less educated right i actually pride myself on pretty uh being pretty well educated on you know women and women's health right if you mm-hmm. love something study it um so cannabis and menopause uh what are the correlations the benefits and well let's just start with for our listeners because I, I guarantee they're just as short on some of this information as myself um what is menopause how does it affect women and how long does it actually last okay um actually menopause comes in three stages it comes in perimenopause then there's menopause and then there's postmenopause. Menopause medically only means the year after your last period because your menses has paused. So it's only that's in medical terms, but culturally we think of menopause as this just one thing, but there are three stages, right? So when uh, you say you are perimenopausal, that means, you know, your body your hormones are depleting because a woman's fertility cycle is coming to its end. So our, our production of estrogen starts to slow. And because of that, there are side effects because of the, the way that this hormone affects other systems in our bodies. Um, so this kind of hormone, um, behavior, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term right now, Mm -hmm. um, that means that there are lots of side effects that are chemical. And the one thing that we know about cannabis is that cannabis interacts with a endocannabinoid system that we all have. Right. And this endocannabinoid system interacts with certain uh, chemical signaling parts of our brain that directly can affect the side effects of menopause. And what are those things? Things like hot flashes, because cannabis interacts with a gland in our brain called the hypothalamus. And this is basically the temperature gauge of our body. And it makes uh, our um, body temperature stable. And when you're going through menopause, estrogen is one of the chemical signalers that affects this part of our brain, okay? So when uh, we are going through hot flashes, it's because the hypothalamus is going through like the chaos of a lack of estrogen. And cannabinoids can help stimulate that. So it can help lessen something like a hot flash. Okay. And that's because, because cannabis interacts with our body in a chemical way a lot of the things that are um side effects of menopause are chemical so that's why the i'm not talking about the species of cannabis i'm not talking about the cannabinoids entirely but i'm talking about this plant is used uh and has been used medicinally for women's issues for thousands of years so it's not like this is not part of the, the pharma, pharmacopoeia, I think it's called, that's been around and, and, and using that for fertility. So that's, I, I think, number one, that's pretty awesome, 
right? Yeah. Um, quick story to uh, communicate this. For, for those listening, if you're going through those hot flashes, make sure you uh, get up with your plug, right? Call your local weed man. Make sure yeah, you get exactly. settle that, right? But quick story. My mom is going to know all the bits of this story. Um, growing up, my mom, my godmom, right? I called her grandma. So when she started going through those changes, it was pretty apparent for everyone around. And this is where I started to learn what menopause was, right? So there would constantly be a joke. She would roll down a window. It would be in the dead of winter, right? And now we're freezing in the car. Because <laughs> she's like, whoa, I'm hot. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he um, does. So what we're saying is, if we had snuck some CBD into grandma's drink, we, we might've been able to save ourselves some cold car rides. Sure. Um, not only the CBD, but also THC, like the whole flower would have probably been of use uh, along with a, a diet that helps with the endocannabinoid system. So eating certain types of foods helps. Um, yeah. Like when they say eat like a bird, they don't, they're not talking about portions. They're talking about women eating seeds and nuts yes. Okay. because seeds and nuts are really, they really help stimulate the endocannabinoid system, which is part of the system that helps regulate our body temperature. And I, I know this is going to vary because of the, um, the condition called early onset menopause, but what age variants or what what age range do women mostly have to worry about menopause? What's the most common? Well, um, assuming that they are not going through chemical induced menopause, which happens when you go through chemotherapy, the oh. age range we're talking about uh, perimenopausal women, which is when there is uh, the start of the descent of production of estrogen, mm -hmm. uh, that can occur generally between the ages of like the end of your 30s into the your early 50s so but say between 36 and 50. okay so now i do this is going to perfectly lead into um the other side of your information because you know the information that i have from studying tantra and just studying intimacy and all those things right um and just to give everyone a quick backstory when the information came out that majority of women don't orgasm from sex, I'm not sure if you heard about that, Ma. Right? No, Yet uh, a lot of women have been complaining that, you know, guys aren't getting it done. And um, my West Indian descended self said, nope, can't be me. So I made sure I started doing my research. And one of the things I came across, um, and a lot of intimacy coaches, um, who are women have echoed is that around that age where we're saying that menopause does come in, there is a spike in libido and um, that, that phenomenon or is the spike in libido linked to menopause or is it something different? And how does cannabis assist with that as well? Okay. Uh, again, uh, long, long, intense questions. Okay. So yes, um, because of the hormone, there is going to be a change in, in 
sexual appetite, shall we say. Uh, so that can, that, but it can also have the complete opposite effect mm. uh, where not, you're, you don't have an increase, but you have like a severe drop. And that is also connected to the fact that our bodies are no longer as um, flush or what's another good word, Um, engorged as they used to be. So we have to deal with a dry vagina and that is no longer lubricated. So we're going from having a nice mango to a corn husk. And we'd like, and there's no, uh, there's not a lot of medical guidance of how you can have uh, a satisfying sexual experience when you're dealing with dryness and pain, because the, the wall of your vagina starts to thin out because estrogen is what's keeping it full, right? So as we age, our vaginal wall thins and then penetrational sex can be painful and if there's one thing that is not going to get you to the top of the mountain is that now I have pain so it's really going to snap you out of any wonderful intimate moment because pain is is not pleasant so and this of course brings up the topic of something called vaginal tears which happen because the walls of our vaginas have thinned out and when you get a tear if you can imagine, this is a very difficult place to heal. And um, so it's going to be something that is not some, you know, okay, not tonight because I have a headache, but that headache also in, like extends possibly for years. Right? right. So you want to, and, and that is not fair for women and it's not fair for men. Um, because I can imagine uh, uh, being on the outside looking in what is happening. She's not interested. Uh, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with me? Um, and not communicating openly. And, and I think that that's important. Um, and then expressing like the reason why I'm not really interested is because it really hurts right now. So like, why don't we kind of think about other things that we can do to help it not hurt as much? like loop and something like a THC infused loop can be particularly helpful for women because the components of cannabis stimulate nerve endings in the vagina. So, you know, yay. So we can actually have stimulation chemically that can produce our own natural lubrications. And this chemical signature starts going to the pleasure centers in our brain and our brain's like, hey, is this really happening? And our fun parts are going, yes, this is really, really happening. So there is now a connection between your body and your brain, which is gonna make intimacy, wow, fun, as opposed to, oh, I could have been doing laundry. Okay. So mom, 66, you could hop back on the horse. (laughs) that's right right 66 plus i'll be 67 in two months right and so why why i think that's a really big deal is you know there is a desire there is a desire from 
women in my generation to make sure that they have marriages that last and you know they have these long lasting relationships um i don't know if you're listening to us ladies sex is a really big deal to men right um even as they get older i've, I've heard you know it really be about 50 50 uh with men um especially if there's some good genetics right you have men like my father who was having a his um, last child in his late fifties with diabetes, and as right, Jeez. so the quite I I think I was still a teenager, but I was so happy to be uh, present for the conversation. My older brothers um, asked him, "Goes hey, is little blue pill or little yellow pill?" <laughs> right, and he goes. <laughs> Depends on who you're sleeping next to, because you sometimes you don't need it. But no, you want to know what he said? He says neither. Right. Yeah. It's just all me. So Mm. luckily, I I, I got to sit in on the conversation that confirmed I got some good genetics and I'll be okay for some time. (laughs) But sure. Right. Um, But it's easy if you're scattering seeds. It's another thing to grow the apple. But then it's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. Mind. The mind got a lot to play with it too, you know. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there is so much that's happening chemically in our brain that is connected to uh, the uh, sexual performance of both, both uh, women and men. And, but specifically for those going through menopause, that, that right. uh, communication mm-hmm. becomes a challenge and it kind of gets lost in the mail. So then if you yeah. Then if yes. you the mind, the mindset, the next thing to come with that mindset is the right partner. Because if you don't, if you got the mindset and you, you don't have the right partner, where are you? You're still stuck. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Ma, you get to co-sign me on this one, right? Because I bring it up a lot on the opposite end of the spectrum for men. And I know this is very true with West Indian men. I call the men from the Caribbean, um, I call them dick doctors. <laughs> uh, do you know why I call them dick doctors? That's Can you take a guess why I call them dick, dick doctors? No, I can't. It's the amount of times that I've seen um, a man pull out milk guinness and a raw egg oh okay right and this this is some it's like a old caribbean little that's why they would say when you say the blue pill or the yellow pill mm-hmm. in our society they don't go with the blue pill or the blue the yellow pill they go with the guinness the egg and and milk and milk they 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 mix it up. Yes, they mix it and I didn't even use a blender. They just put it in the Yeah, they, they just kind of need a fork and Yes. Yes. Oh no. I haven't because tried it. like the milk must curdle as soon as it hits the Guinness, right? Mm, the Guinness. Does it does it does it separate as soon as it the hits Guinness? the Guinness? No, it don't. It don't. So I've tasted it one time, right? Got a chance to taste it. I was a kid though. Um, but the Guinness completely hides it. 
You know, yeah. like you you don't you taste don't even anything. Know a, a, a raw egg is in there. You don't know. Yeah. It, it, it by the time it, it beats up together, you don't know. Okay. I'm so. just uh, but you drink that cold, right? Or are you doing like warm Guinness? Uh, well, yeah, you got to understand their motivation. People, you got to understand the motivation. How you, how if the motivation is to get up and do some work, if they're drinking it, how they drink it. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. <laughs> that does remind me of um something, and this will be my last dick joke for a while, I think. <laughs> um, I went on Twitter, and I was talking about perfection paralysis. Right. And I told people what they need to do if they want to get over perfection paralysis. And that's just the for all our listeners, that's the uh, phenomenon by which people will stagnate because they want something to be perfect. So what my instruction for everyone on that is, is to prioritize erection, not perfection. Focus <laughs> on getting it up and getting it where it needs to be. Right. She will give you all the instructions to make it perfect, but you got to listen, right? Agree. So now we're now we're talking a, a little bit more into the uh, intimacy intimacy space and um, listening and feedback. Um, what advice would you give men that are dating a woman who is experiencing menopause? Buy her lots of nuts. <laughs> buy her lots of nuts. Hello. <laughs> um and, and also um feel free to bring over lube or bring lube into the equation and and talk about it like to me open communication that that's what is required and that's what i always am hearing is that mm-hmm. The, the key to long lasting and fulfilling intimately relationships come with open communication that does not start off with judgment. Okay. It is being open, but open also means you're going to get some feedback and it's not, it's not the intention shouldn't be, should you, okay. In a healthy relationship is not to scold or anything, but like, to have the common goal of us both having a fabulous time all the time. And I think that uh, as long as the other partner is aware that there shouldn't be judgments, there should just be communication. And men, if you're listening, just listen, right? (laughs) Yes. It's not that hard. I promise you, she'll tell you exactly where to go and it'll be amazing for her. Right. Like the, I think it's like this thing where a lot of men want to just get in and do their own thing. But if you just listen, right, she's not going to stare you wrong. I promise you to have a good time. Absolutely. Our interior motives are basically, I want to have a good time too, because I know you're having a good time, but I want one too. And that's going to make us both have a better time. Okay. So I do want to bring awareness to something. Uh, And this is something that I've discovered rather recently. Uh, A lot of men are going through erectile dysfunction, right? And I think that it's more so due to a emotional disconnect with our member. Um, Basically, um, what my stance is, is, you know, it may be hard to get hard 
for somebody who you don't like. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of men don't entertain the idea that they could just not be connected with a woman. And that's a problem for them uh, when it comes to sexual performance. Um, is it? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, but, I you know, it, I'll, no, I find, well, I think that a, a quick answer to that is that men should seek women who they are sexually attracted to, not women that they want to make their friends envious of. And I think that that is a lot of part of the problem that uh, if you're into a certain type of person um, that men are, are very insecure about expressing their desire for that particular person because society has said, this is the ideal woman. And if you deviate from that, then you're gonna have some problems because of course it's not gonna work if you're forcing a fantasy that is not your own onto that wonderful toy that you have, as you say, your member. <laughs> right. Um, I, I think it's also important that both men and women realize something about this idea of the ideal woman. Mm -hmm. The ideal woman does not have time for sex nor love, right? And I know it sounds weird, right? But this is my, my honest opinion um, that a lot of what we think of as ideal for women has to do with, you know, them shaving, them doing all of this self-care, right? To the point now where women are getting tens of thousands of dollars worth of surgery. And when you see some of the after photos of this surgery, you know, yeah it, it you you know they're bleeding through spandexes it, it looks like you know you just had a surgery um but the amount of time that it takes to maintain that image of the ideal woman uh makeup facials waxing right and we're not talking about all the places you wax then we get to to bleaching right kanye west uh, famously said um i just met this girl and she just bleached her asshole. And if I get bleach on my t-shirt, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. So just to quote uh, the great Kanye West on that one. <laughs> um, but- I, I wish I could tell you, no, I don't know. Right, but this is what comes along with the ideal woman. This is what the magazines have been you know, promoting. It's all sure. of these things. Um, Sells a lot of product though. Right. And newspapers and magazines. Mm -hmm. So my so, question is you know. when a woman has a really intense self-care routine, right? And I say, I, when I say intense, it's nails done, hairs done, wax, all the things. She needs to make sure that she's dressed this way. She's dressed and it looks pretty, but it's uncomfortable. Right? Yes. It's, there's a number of problems that I see there in terms of how you're going to connect with that woman, her expectations. And I, I do think that a lot of those women may be a little bit right. If you've spent thousands of dollars investing into yourself and investing into being this ideal woman, you know, expecting some sort of monetary exchange or, you know, looking at men for, towards uh, more as a wallet 
or some kind of nature of that makes a lot more sense because your very existence is surrounded by these things that you have to do in order to be liked. Well, it's not necessarily that. I mean, if you've commoditized uh, appearance Mm -hmm. uh, and you come from uh, an economic uh, strata that does not have upward mobility, your only investment is in your your appearance. That is Mm -hmm. your only value within a society. Uh, or so you've been told. And uh, if you don't have access to the financial means to educate yourself out of this situation, then again, you're using your, you're using what society has told you, you is your only option. And that is to invest in yourself to uh, find some sort of payoff. So it's not like I begrudge women for, for falling for that trap. Because- you know, what other options do you have? And I'm, I'm glad that you put it that way because I've never looked at it from that perspective. Um, I, I've always seen it as men that just looks like high maintenance means high maintenance upkeep. And, you know, I've spent my time working in corporate. So I understand this, con- this concept of uh, technical debt. It's when you have a system that needs to be worked on and it's implemented and it's running smooth there's this much work that goes into making sure that it keeps running smooth. And it's like, mm, I don't know. This seems like a really heavy investment and I just like to chill. So there, there's- um, Yes, I, but I, you may, perhaps as a man have more of an option than, than women um, because mm-hmm. uh, if we're told that our appearance is only optimal between the ages of 18 and 35, um, well, you, you're going to invest as much as you can for a long-term payoff. Um, wouldn't a, uh, a better strategy be to look for men or look for partners that don't hold that belief? It depends. Um, it depends on, on how you are going to communicate that to somebody who is going to say, okay, so I'm... Um, what are the payoffs if I don't get a financial incentive because we live in a society that only expresses value in profit? Mm-hmm. How are you going to say the content of my character is also equal to profit if I see no material ways of us having a safe life where we can access healthcare, where we can access dentists and that sort of thing? Um, how is, is this expressed emotion going to help me when I, I need a root canal? Um, not so much expressed emotion, but I think, uh, I, I think that men and women could definitely do with better financial strategies for interacting with each other. Um, for example, my, my given strategy is uh, I don't give a shit how old you are. You could be 90 or fucking 20, right? Um, I was going to say two, and that sounds really bad on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for the example, 20 to, a, 20 to 90, um, if you're not the type of woman that you're focused on having your own business or that you're focused on, you know, helping facilitate the um, financial piece, then I'm not attracted, right? Um, because I think a big piece of it that's insidious to men as well is I think both men and women suffer from the 
insinuation that a woman's value comes from her physical appearance and how much money she's invested in her physical appearance. Um, women suffer because you, you may have less money available to you to invest in various projects. Um, and there's this idea of your self-image, you're not good enough the way that you naturally came, right? And then men suffer because number one, there's the trust aspect, right? I don't know what I'm getting. I, I have no idea who you are. And it's, I, I know, I can say this for myself. It's very difficult to say that, okay, I see a drop dead gorgeous woman. I'm not intimidated, right? Dated models. Um, so not intimidated at all. It's just, I have an expectation of a shallow mind now. Does that make sense? Sure, but um, you know, uh, what attracted you to the pretty package in the first place? Um, so, you know, uh, who is at fault? Both parties. Um, because, you know, would you have had the same sort of expressive emotion to someone who was the size of Lizzo at a corporate gig? Or somebody who looked like, um, what are their names? The Kardashians. Um, I, I don't got a problem with Lizzo's size. I have a problem with her body composition, the shape, right? It's not even a problem. I would be, there There are, you know, BBWs that I'm attracted to that, that they just have a shape. Sure. So, I, I just used her as, because I, I wanted to do kind of like, like for like. Okay. Uh, who I think are, are polarizing figures, uh, I think, because uh, I think when you're talking about somebody who I would say it, it seems to me to be a very um, high maintenance person would be that those family of girls who have completely altered their appearance. Oh, yeah. In I... terms and, and uh, at a very young age, I might add, like, what isn't one of them like a teenager or something? I don't know. Yeah, Kendall Jenner, <laughs> we, we watch Kendall actually grow up. But I'll, I'll be honest with you and say, I, I think a lot of men are going to put me under fire for this one. I'm not simping. I promise. It's more so just um, I don't know what's behind all of that for those women. So I, I profit. think that's what's behind it is profit. Okay. But I, and, I and it's not like I begrudge them. Have that. an easier time. I think Lizzo would have an easier time trying to date me than Kim Kardashian would. <laughs> well, aren't you precious, Mom? You raised a very good son. <laughs> Thank you. I would like to think so. I, yeah. Nope. See, don't do that. I I have kinks. I'm a little bit of a freak. I just think Lizzo will be sure a lot more confident with herself and able to facilitate some confidence is a good thing because you know um for example short guys um i'm a tall woman and uh, i would say that um for most of my romantic life most of my partners have come up to my shoulder and why why when you know you're you're forced like society tells you oh you gotta look up at a man like trust me i'm not looking up i was looking down and but that didn't bother me in the slightest because here is a man with a lot of confidence 
and was amusing and made me laugh and made me feel comfortable and sexy and wonderful and and loved the fact that I was uh, six four in heels and I was like yeah nice all right yeah, okay so, so do you want to see my mom blush okay my father's five three nice <laughs> right father's five three my mom's five two so she's not she's oh. not tall at all but I five two right <laughs> But my father, but like I said, my father's five three, and um, you were there at his uh, memorial service. Mm -hmm. Everybody talked about what my father was like. Very charming, um, <laughs> and, and you know he had a thing for women, right? Like he talked to as many as he possibly can. <laughs> um, but again, smooth talker, right? His height. I never seen his height become a factor, right? I didn't think that most of these women cared about his height. I think they cared that he was a smooth talker and that he was good looking and that he had confidence in himself. Yeah, he did. Right? Yeah. And he closed deals. <laughs> that, that was the end of it. So if you're a vertically challenged man, don't worry about it. Just work on the self-confidence. Exactly. Work on the self-confidence entirely and make yourself a good conversationalist, you know, and listen, because, you know, wow. Um, I had usually like I'm six feet tall on my bare feet. So when I would go into a room, it was always the shortest guy in the room of a certain personality type who would come up and not like a yappy dog, but uh, like a, someone who was like, hey, how are you? in a very lovely and charming way, as opposed to, uh, you know, nipping at my heels kind of thing. Um, so so. I, I'll, I'll share, I have a friend who is about, I want to say he's either five, five or five, six. Right. Yeah. And, you know, men talk. So he was going after this girl who was about six feet tall. Right. Um, I might send this clip to him. And <laughs> Somebody commented on how tall he was, uh, how tall she was. He said um, two things. Number one, when she's laying down, her height doesn't matter. And then he said, number two, he said, it doesn't matter how tall I am. You know how, you know, great I feel when I see her legs hanging and dangling like a giraffe. And now I'm being celebrated by You're these Darius? arches. It's not Darius. It wasn't Darius, but that is something Darius would say. That's why I said Darius. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and can I just say that as a tall woman, I, I appreciate that as well. Going, wow. Um it's it's irrelevant. Height is irrelevant. You can dance with your mouth open. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um it, i i got i have but when i talk to to men as well um I, I get a real feeling that a lot of them focus on on things like they can't change like that um or they focus on whether or not they're going bald trust yeah. me a woman doesn't care if you got hair in your head she, she cares if you have hair in your back. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be i've seen um women with we got, and I, I think man to man, we, we can look at each other and tell like, how are you with X, right? Like, I just want men to remember Kanye West got liposuction while he was with Kim Kardashian. Nobody, Fair. 
he got liposuction. His stomach. He was getting depressed and he started putting on weight and he got lipo and then everybody trashed him for getting lipo and he was on some, I did this for y'all. Yeah, so he got lipo while he was yeah, with. He did. Yeah. He did. But I don't think it was like Kim Kardashian told him to get lipo. I don't think that woman gave a shit. Right? Um, it, so it's really interesting the more that you realize what women are opting for. Yes, they. I, I, I think a lot of women would like an attractive man, but what they view as attractive seems to be more based on principles and characteristics and how they view you. And um, I think as men, we could do a lot more to save our character um, and maintain our attractiveness and focus less on the height. But one thing I did want to bring up is a lot of those guys have gotten beaten down by going on dating apps and you see the uh, swipe less if uh, swipe left if you're five feet, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they, these women are these women today, they're 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 on point with it. Somebody just sent me a dating app. I should go on it. Shoot. Ah. <laughs> I, I I don't know the swipe, the swipe one. Which one is that? Uh, so you have Tinder. Um, if you're oh. African American, is be okay. Uh, okay. Um, um I, I haven't been on those ones. I've been on other ones, and okay. uh, I, and I have been, had some pretty funny experiences where, um, you know, they think I'm lying about my height, um, because they're lying about their height. So oh, you know, and. Yeah. Why would you lie about that if we end up meeting face to face and I'm looking down at you going, um, you said you were five, nine. So I don't lie in dating situations, but I will be honest and say there's one thing that I lie about. What do you lie about? I have told every woman that I've ever been with that my dick was small. <laughs> yes, I have a you. No, not, no, that's something. If godmother had seen that from things, she would. She always said, from a baby, she always said, she don't know where he get that from. Because <laughs> born a tripod. <laughs> she, oh, she has a picture of him and a baby naked as he born, and she always said she blackmailed him with that. But, but this is the part I had to stop saying it. So this was around the time I was in the military and, you know, my, my mom doesn't know this. I like promiscuous women, I, I, right? Like I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh my God, you're a hoe. I'm like, word, what's up? Let's be friends, right? Like in genuine friends too, because for some reason, they're like the best people. I don't, I don't. It's true. But it's true. And Girl pulls me to the side and she's like, look, stop saying your dick small. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I, and I had to listen. I was like, well, you know, you're the expert. You see more than me. Right. So it, it, it's really uh, that that's the one thing I figured um, if I say it's small and it actually is small, I didn't disappoint. If I say it's small and it's anything other than small. I think that's called a humble brag. I'll take it. 
<laughs> well, if it's, it's a first date, usually you wait for the girl to do a dick joke. <laughs> they measure it from the way a man hands look. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, yes. And there is an well, easy way. Your hand will have to tell you that. Yeah. You know what, Ma? I, I think that skipped a generation. These women aren't looking at hands. They're looking at feet. But, uh, okay. So hands is the go-to. Yes. It's from, like, if you do the middle finger from there to the extended yeah. middle finger, that's that's generally the measurement. Nice. Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> On a regular, but it's it like past that. Wow. Oh, no wonder my sister's going to Barbados. <laughs> I'm mad. Know, I should have booked a ticket the, too. Back, back in the days, a lot of um, tourists, they used to like to date Barbadian men. God, it's in Barbadian may have a big thing. Like Princess Margaret. <laughs> oh, hello. So okay, <laughs> I'll I'll cap off with these two, right? This one actually may surprise you, right? Again, glad to have my mom on the podcast because she can confirm all these crazy Caribbean stories that we have. Bugalus. What? The little the balls. Uh huh. The basically it's a. DIY penis enhancement surgery that doesn't extend length, but it puts little marbles in between the skin. Mm. You never heard of that? So you have a lumpy dick? Yes. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Ah. You've never heard of this, Mo? I have never. No. Okay, so in prison, in Barbados, a lot of men do this, right? They have like, they'll slit the skin and they'll slide in like little marbles and different things. And they're like, yeah, women love it. I can see that going so horribly, horribly wrong. It does. Yeah. To the point where you're talking about amputation if they got an infection. Yeah. What, what if they collapse the urethra and you're going to not be able to pee? So then you're going to have, you're going to have some so uh, the reason blood poisoning. Uh, no. <laughs> their, their reasoning is that women like it. They think that it makes it feel better for women. And women like it, but in the meantime, they're putting themselves in the hospital. Yeah. So while you're recovering, uh, what am I supposed to do? Like, no, um, I, I, I can't see that happening. Okay, so um, this is actually a really big thing with men all over the West Indies. It's all uh, over the West Indies. So I'm, I'm looking at an article where they have it in Cuba. Mm -hmm. I know the first time I heard about it was in Barbados. And then, um, yeah. No, I was going to say, well, my experience in Cuba, I never saw any sort of lumpy dicks <laughs> of any of the locals. I mean, sorry. Well, man. <laughs> primarily men who go to prison will do it. Wow. Um, I, I got to say, I never, I never saw that in Cuba or the islands that's that I visited. One. That's a new one. No, that's a new one on me. Yeah, um, I can't imagine trying to give a blowjob to that. I mean, 
Oh my that was, god. Uh, is that, that's a real blow job. Yeah, that, that that's a challenge. I could see that like affecting my jaw, my back teeth. You're gonna pay my dentist if you chip a tooth. Oh shit. Hello. So people are probably listening to this and go, he's talking all this stuff with his mom right here. And we have all of these conversations regularly. My mom is like excellent the coolest mom ever when it comes oh that's to so that. amazing yeah like the sex talk i've got i've had a million sex talks right oh that is so good and i'm so glad and, and you know what i i wish that my mom was here she's coming in an hour and a half because otherwise i'd be like i gotta connect you two ladies because i can only imagine that kind of conversation <laughs> <laughs> what does your daughter do again well let me show you the puppet oh right because... you have not seen the puppet yet Okay, so when I'm doing my 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 uh, workshops and trying to get women to talk about menopause and the fact that they have a dry, sore vagina, it was really hard for people to talk about it because it's such a personal thing and people are filled with shame. So I designed, I got a puppet maker to make a puppet that I've called Lola. And okay, ah, I love I, I love her eyeshadow. Oh yeah, purple sparkly. Right. She's beautiful. And, and we talk about lubes and, and suppositories and stuff. So she's like my go-to. This is Lola. Yay. I love it. So yeah. when that song came out, WAP, oh, let me tell you, I was dancing around with her a lot. So <laughs> that's something I would do crazy. Tell me there is a TikTok, an Instagram or something of Lola singing WAP. Yes. There it's is. on my Instagram at the bottom. Cause it was like, as soon as it came out, I was like, I, I'm, I gotta say I'm old. So like trying to figure out Instagram and TikTok, it's been a challenge. Right. But I did a WAP video. It's on my Instagram towards the bottom. Okay. We're going to, we're going to go share. That. And I was wearing my favorite leopard print jacket. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I think I was wearing sunglasses, but I can't remember. But yeah, as soon as I heard that uh, song, I was like, who are these ladies? I'm in love. Um, and uh, I thought it was really funny. And, and I couldn't understand the outrage, to be honest, because it's like we've heard a lot of uh, penis songs for a long time. So, you know, the fact that these two ladies were talking about it and having fun and some of the lyrics like macaroni in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, I love that song. <laughs> me too. So, me too. So yeah, I'm definitely, there's a video of me trying to play with Lola to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice, nice. Okay, so my mom is actually a CNA. She's been a CNA for some time, right? Um, time. I, I don't know what a CNA is. Uh, over here, we call it a certified nursing certified assistant. Nursing. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. So my next question right? For both of you. And yes, I am very aware of the question that I'm about to ask you, right? But because we have been focused on sex, I know, Ma, you're probably going to want to avoid this question. What is the wildest sexually related, so it doesn't have to be sex if you're feeling a little bit squeamish, but wildest sexually related story you have? Oh, honey, it's volumes. You want me to go to one story? Uh, like, you just wait till uh, uh, my diaries will be published uh, after I've passed away. Yeah, like, yeah, I have volumes. I spent 10 years of my life in Europe, like, sowing nice. my wild oats in various countries. 
Okay. So why don't you narrow it down? <laughs> okay, um, I don't even tell you what I did near Jim Morrison's grave in Paris before they blocked it off. <laughs> oh, that's the story. That's the one I want. <laughs> that's the one I want. That was that was back in the olden days when there was no such thing as cell phones with pictures. <laughs> or Berlin and the Love Parade. Have you ever heard even heard of that? The, the love, love parade? parade? I have yeah. not heard of the love parade. You have? No, I haven't. Oh, it was like this festival that was in Berlin where basically it was a free for all, including lack of nudism. There was orgies. There was uh, house music. It was just spilled out all over the city. It was nuts. Okay, nice. All right. So I my, my rule is always you give one, I have to give one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I think uh, I told the one about me driving around Japan naked. (laughs) So there's that. Tent in Thailand, right? A tent in Thailand. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. So a tent in Thailand on multiple occasions, right? But this one in particular, um, so we had went out on town, right? We were both both in the military, went out on town and decided, you know what, we were going to get massages. So the lady finishes the massage. Excuse me now. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, lady, the lady finishes the massage and uh, she leaves us in there to get dressed, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously I have a prime opportunity. So while she's about to walk out, I slip her an extra 50 right? And we're having sex in this tent in Thailand. Um, but the, the kicker there is that if anybody remembers these tents, when they hear this story, like these are like the thinnest, thinnest tents ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're literally walking by and anyone can just walk into the tent. Sure. Right? So there's this, I, the thing of voyeurism and the idea of getting caught, that was pretty cool. Um, and did you? Uh, no, we didn't get caught. Mm. But I'll give you another one because you, you gave me some some really dope stuff. Jim Morrison's <laughs> grave, like that, that one's going down. I'm, I'm going to quote you on that, by the way. Yeah, but, uh, it, you know, they they closed it off and all that stuff now. So it's wow. it's not as fun for for the generations that came after. Wow. <laughs> so one more I'll give you is on my boss's desk. When I think I was like 22. Right. 22. Didn't like the guy. Um, but, you know, I had an overnight at work. And she was like, yo, I want to come spend time with you. So we were like, okay, cool. Boss's desk. So Nice. Nice. I yeah. hope you left a stain. I, I, did. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, just for clarification, uh, Jim Morrison's grave, mm. uh, not on it, because there's all, there was also always all sorts of candles and that sort of shit. But quite near it, there was uh, a um, rather well-placed uh mausoleum (laughs) uh yes sometimes you know the the internet has made that sort of a public display of scandal more of a challenge Um, now it's if you get caught 
Someone's always lo- looking, though. I'm sure. <laughs> I guess we did that. That one. Okay, so let's get to it, right? Okay. That being said, benefits for cannabis use and libido with young women. Is it prevalent for young women as well, or is it something that is particular to menopause? Um, It depends on what you're using it for. I would say if you're using cannabis uh, as a libido enhancer because you like to get high and have sex as a young person, how about it? Uh, Do it. Uh, Whatever whatever sparks the pleasure centers in your brain, and you know does not induce anxiety amazing using infused lubes and oils also uh, a really um effective way to use cannabis without using cannabis so if you don't necessarily want to smoke it or eat it but you want to have a nice pleasurable experience there are tons of ways to use cannabis infused lubes um if you're going through menopause and you're dealing with pain, there are certain things like suppositories that can help with uh, relaxing the muscles, uh, kind of toning down your uh, pain sensors in that area where you can have a more pleasurable experience. So it really depends on how you are using cannabis to uh, enhance what what thing are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to just get horny? Perfect. Smoke this uh, or eat this or use this or whatever, right? You are trying to find something that's going to stimulate your particular brain chemistry. If you're using it for menopause and you're using it for pain relief, there are different types of things that you should look for that are strains that might help with muscle relaxation, anti-inflammatory properties, that sort of thing. So depending on what you're trying to achieve, Cannabis can help women with with their uh, sexual needs. So, Ma, question for you, right? And this is the last question before we wrap it up, right? So <laughs> I'm going to bounce back to you to ask for any closing notes for our guests, right? And sure. definitely, you know, how they can get up with you. But mm-hmm. Ma, has this past hour changed your opinion on cannabis use? And would you be considering it? in easier forms in the future keeping in mind there's the you don't have to smoke it you can eat it um thc both both thc and cbd would you consider it in the future and guys i want you guys to know how important this question is because my mom has been staunchly against um cannabis use more so as a traditionalist right like this is how i was raised so has this past hour changed your opinion of it? No. <laughs> the reason is, I guess, call me an old time-ish. Uh, I grew up with parents mm-hmm. and grandparents that never done anything like that. They never smoked. They never drink anything like that. Okay. And I think I'm more like my foreparents. Okay. So here's I'm a question. I'm not saying that my sisters have not because my sister, our sister living in Sweden, she smoked it. 
she smoked and I'm, I'm not knocking her because to each his own. Mm -hmm. I'm not a smoker. I'm not a drinker, anything like that. So I don't see me at the age of almost 67. I don't know. I, it's not me. Okay. So let's create a quick hypothetical, right? May never happen, but let's say on the off chance you go to the doctor um, and some thing that you said to the doctor makes them recommend cannabis. You mentioned that you don't want to smoke it, right? And they give it to you in an oil form that you can put into food. And now you're making these beautiful dishes and it's only CBD. So there's no high effect. Would you mm -hmm. consider it? If it is health for, for health reason, yes. Okay. But if it's not, if it don't have a health benefit, no. You know, and why why I like that answer is that everything that we've said does relate back to health. So that that does give me hope that I call we, it a win. Right. <laughs> it, it's definitely a win. Um so that means if it, you know, if it was pertaining to your health, if you were in the the thick of it when it came to menopause right now and you had those urges, you would consider it. I, yes. Um, I have a patient right now, but she's in her 80s. Mm -hmm. And I see, I've seen her son. Actually, there's two patients, one passed away. Because mm -hmm. she, you know, she had cancer and whatever. Mm -hmm. And they say it was helping her with her pain. And they come in the room and they ask if I don't mind, she's doing it. She smoked, they're giving it to her. I said, that's your loved one, not my loved one. So that's on them. But I said, what I can advise mm -hmm. is that I walked out the room. Okay. I have a patient right now that yes she's in her 80 she's 84 mm -hmm. and her son brings it and give it to her and she's in her right frame of mind and that's the 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 the, the, the theory of it is that she's in her right frame of mind okay it's not forced on her so she have the ability to say no okay so she takes it and she got a little thing and she be under her pillow, <laughs> on, under a little black electric blanket. And next thing you know, I see that the smoke puffed out. <laughs> but she, I said, sweetie, you don't have to hide to do it. She said, well, I know you don't like it. I said, but so long as I don't smell anything, that's not me. I cannot bring it and give it to you. No, I would not do it. I respect that. That's the fact. That's the family thing. They bring it and give it to her. We have no control over it. Only if it's detrimental to her health, then we have control over it. But we cannot say whether she uh, do it or whether she cannot. That She's in the right frame of mind. Get what I mean? So Absolutely. what I took that as is, ladies, if you're listening, well into your 80s, you can make sure that your libido is well taken care of, right? So, and with, with those uh, new rechargeable batteries, 
of <laughs> toys that are uh you know rechargeable you didn't hear that and waterproof Rechargeable <laughs> and waterproof re- batteries. I got rechargeable batteries there. Yeah, wonder what they work. <laughs> All right. All right. Somebody's got an afternoon plan. Right. <laughs> I gotta work. <laughs> okay, so with that, Laura, any closing uh remarks for our guests? Uh, I think um, if you are new to cannabis and you have decided that you would like to uh, try and use the product to remember the mantra, low and slow. Uh, Mm. If you don't know your dosage, um, you don't want to have a negative experience. And if you've decided to take an edible, the onset is longer than if you smoke it. So if you've decided to take an edible, you've got to wait at least 40 minutes uh, before you decide I don't think I have enough. I need more because a lot of times people do that exact thing. And then they have now, uh, and now they've taken too much and their system's overloaded and you're going to have a negative experience. So always go low and slow, uh, for those who have decided to take it as, uh, any sort of sublingual or edible. Um, if you've decided to vape or smoke, obviously there's going to be an impact on your lungs regardless. Um, so always take that into consideration. Uh, the onset is a lot faster, um, but the effects are shorter. So like, there's always a, there's always a give and take when you are taking a new medication. And most of all, if you've decided to do this and you are taking a certain dosage that is uh, something that might be contracted to any other medication, please talk to a medical professional to say, I want to take cannabis and I'm taking this sort of medication. Is there going to be any sort of interaction between those two? I think that that is also important to respect cannabis as having medicinal properties. Got to respect that. And I think that that's, that's the most important thing. All right, guys. And with all that, go be great. <laughs>